the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's lesson has two sheets for our binders. It is entitled Spirituality, and the topic is the cross. This is the Feast of the Elevation of the Holy Cross, which means we're at the middle of Lent. So the church holds up before us the specter of the cross so that we might have hope for the resurrection that is coming. Now we need to understand and have a theology of the cross. What do I mean when I say theology of the cross? We have to understand what the cross means, why there is a cross, what is the purpose. When we begin to speculate on the meaning of the cross, do you have extras? If anybody doesn't have them, raise your hand and Presbyter will give you a, a set so that you can follow along and take notes. The cross is was foreseen by God from the foundation of the world. He understood that one day there would be a cross to complete his creation. Now, as we begin to speculate about the cross, we begin to ask some questions. Why did Christ have to die on the cross? Could he have died of old age and saved us? Could he have died of, in another way and saved us? Why is it that Christ had to die on a cross? And to answer those questions, we only have to look at what happened. We don't know if he had died of old age, if that would have saved us. We don't know if we hung little machine guns around our throat instead of a cross, if that would have saved us. What we do know is that he died on a cross in 33 AD outside the gates of Jerusalem at the hands of Roman soldiers. God didn't kill him. God didn't kill him to satisfy his wrath. Christ, by the nature of his incarnation, guaranteed that he would die. And that he would die by a cross was foretold from the foundation of the world. There is mystery surrounding the cross. There are lots of questions that remain unanswered. But what's important for us for our theology of the cross. Well, we read in, Paul writes to us in Corinthians that the Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Why was the cross a stumbling block to the Jews? Why was it foolishness to the Greeks? Because they had expectations. They were expecting something from God. And when God came and died on the cross, that became a stumbling block for the Jews. Christ was supposed to deliver them. The Messiah was supposed to set them free. And here he is, dead on the cross. And to the Greeks, it made no sense. It didn't coincide with reason. 
it didn't align with anything logical. Death on a cross. But for those who believe, it is the power of God. The question is, how to unleash that power? What is that power? It is hard to understand God dying on a cross, so we'll try and make it a little easier. Let's look at the martyrs. The martyrs are like us, human beings living on this earth. But they were martyred for their faith. When push came to shove, they were asked to choose between their faith in Christ or saving their skin by denying Christ. Well, if we even go pre-Christian times to Socrates, before he knew of a God revealed, he made a choice. He could choose to run away from hemlock and poison and certain death, or he could maintain his integrity, his dignity, not knowing what death would bring, and say, it is more important that I remain a human being than I become a coward and flee and just accept what has come to me. So if we look at the martyrs, we look at Socrates, we can see that there are more important things in life than life itself. That by denying Christ, you give up life. By denying Christ, you sacrifice who you are as a person. And then you have no life. You have existence, but you don't have life. So if we look at Christ, Christ was God. Christ came here to redeem us. Andi litrosi, litrosei mas, deliver us, ransom us. Now unfortunately that has been misinterpreted in our day and age to mean that he was ransoming us from the wrath of the Father. And if we believe that, it really puts some disturbing questions to our minds. Father Anthony Cuneras writes in a book, Can a Loving God Be Wrathful? And he has a chapter just on this section. And he writes, Now we come to a point where Orthodox Christianity differs radically with Lutheran, Calvinist, and some Baptist Christians who believe that Jesus' sacrificial death abolished God's anger against us, thus ensuring that his treatment of us forever after would be favorable. They believe erroneously that by his sacrificial death for our sins, Jesus pacified the wrath of the Father. As one Calvinist pastor put it, Jesus suffered and died violently to absorb the wrath of God against me. One non-Calvinist Christian theologian objected to such thinking in a clear and incisive way. He wrote, The fact is that the cross isn't a form of cosmic child abuse, a vengeful father punishing his son for an offense he has not even committed. 
Understandably, both people inside and outside of the church have found this twisted version of events morally dubious and a huge barrier to faith. Deeper than that, however, is that such a concept stands in total contradiction to the statement, God is love. If the cross is a personal act of violence, perpetrated by God towards humankind, but born by His Son, then it makes a mockery of Jesus' own teaching to love your enemies and to refuse to repay evil with evil. So Christ coming into this world guaranteed that He would remain God no matter what. That He would not give up control of who He was. That is, love. No matter what we chose to do. So inevitably, there would be misunderstandings. Inevitably, there would be a plot against Him. Because He went against every religious tradition held by the Pharisees. And so it was inevitable. But Christ couldn't deny Himself. He knew what He was in for. So He did not return evil for evil. He absorbed evil and transformed it into love. That is His victory. And that is what He calls each of us to do. If we look at the Scriptures, the concept of the cross is throughout the Scriptures. First of all, Christ knew that He would die. And He predicted His death in Matthew 20.19. And will turn Him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day He will be raised to life. Peter didn't like this and protested. And Christ said, Get behind me, Satan. But it didn't stop there. God has come to make us like Him in all things. So there is a crucifixion in each of our lives. It is not something arbitrary done once for all but by Christ. It is the supreme act of love incarnate. And if we want to be like Him, well, we read Paul in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. That's what it means to be in Christ, to be co-crucified. That we would not return evil for evil, but that we would absorb evil and return good. There's other quotes that you can read as well. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We need a theology of the cross. We have to understand that we don't come here to church to feel good. We don't come here 
for what we get out of it, although we do feel good and we do get a lot out of it, we primarily come to church to be strengthened in our daily dying. Because we can't do it by ourselves. When evil comes, what do we do? Do we react with evil? Do we let anger burn within us? Or do we die and resurrect? Do we turn evil into good? Not an easy thing to do. And not a once for all, I've done it, but a dying daily. And until we have that understanding, we're not able to live. This is not morbid philosophy. This is not long faces and sadness. This is the road to true glory, to true joy, to true freedom and happiness. Christ tells us, my burden is light. Take it upon you and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. When evil becomes a burden is when our ego gets involved. Then anger burns within us when our ego is offended and we react and a struggle takes place within us. But if we embrace and accept our crucifixion as Christ did, then Christ himself resurrects us and then we emit love. The martyrs went to their death doing the only possible thing they could do the only choice before them. Because denying Christ was not a choice. So they left it in God's hands. And what was the result? More evil? Not often. More like repentance. People coming to themselves, seeing love incarnate. And then they too knew that they had to pick up their cross and follow Christ because that's the only way to life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're very blessed to have with us today the good Deacon Claudio, good enough to read us the epistle in French and say the Lord's Prayer in such beautiful French. Now I know why they're so proud of that language. It's a very beautiful.